Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan. I'm joined by Kyle and seemingly regular now, Tim. How are you guys doing today? Pretty solid. I think you mean Tim. Don't call him Timothy. I was going yes. to say, say him. Sorry. By Timothy. Timmy, don't call him Timmy. You know, he's got a few. <laughs> I was going to say sponsor, sponsored by Himothy, the Warner Brothers podcast now, so. Yeah, but no, I'm good. I'm good. Celebrating my birthday this weekend. Uh, glad to be back because I definitely want to hear your perspective, your guys' perspective on the games from this past weekend and such. So You're old. I'm, definitely, I'm old. I'm a... <laughs> One year old man now, so you're deep yeah. into your thirties now. <laughs> one year in, <laughs> citizen now. So this watch man, how you talk. <laughs> this man's deep into his thirties now. Oh, good. Only got a only got a few more till you're forty, Kyle. Only got Crazy, a few. Man. Only got a few more. Only got a few more until you're forty. And then after that, it's like 65, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's like, after that, you just retire. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, a few years away from retirement. I was going to say, Kyle's, Kyle's about six years or six years away from retirement. But I'm going to jump right in. Uh, Philly, San Fran, I want to talk about that game first because. Sure. It was the more lackluster of the games just because of how it went uh, early on. At least What's on up? one side of the ball, oh, it was yeah. lackluster. Yeah, I was going to say first possession, you have the Devontae Smith catch, no catch, but they score seven. Then Brock Purdy goes down, and from there it's a wrap. That's game. I was going to say <laughs> the, the game ended once he went down, Josh Johnson was cool and all, but then he went out with a concussion. They had Jawan Jennings, who had played, fun fact, was a quarterback in high school and was ranked higher than Joe Burrow coming out of that class. Uh, at wide receiver, surprised they didn't put him in instead of just putting in a I-can't-throw Brock Purdy. It would have probably given him a better chance, or McCaffrey. But at that point, they pretty much had conceded the game, apparently, so... Yeah, I've heard a couple of things. So right off the bat, the announcers were like, Christian McCaffrey is the backup QB. And they they panned him with a camera. And they even showed him putting on a quarterback helmet. Yeah. But then on Instagram, it was all Kyle Juszczyk is the backup quarterback. Because Kyle Juszczyk had... Kyle Juszczyk had been the backup quarterback, like the fourth string quarterback there for a like half decade to a decade now. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, McCaffrey took uh, his spot. I'm going to believe the Fox telecast over Instagram. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I but, was. Yeah. Go on, Kyle. Or to Timmy still. Because we do got to talk about the games and, you know, we did want to jump into it. But, I mean, come on. We got to give Tom Brady his flowers here. I was oh, going to go full. Cool. Oh, I was, Thomas, I was going to, okay. Thomas Patrick, Thomas Patrick, Edward, Brady, the second, junior, whatever. Got to give him his flowers. Congrats on a career. Congrats on a okay. great career. A go career. But, uh, I mean, shit, me and Keenan had a whole, probably around this week last year, we had a whole uh, dedication episode to Tom Brady, only for him to come back like three weeks later. So, 
I don't know. I want to be careful with what we say about Tom Brady because it does seem like the end, but I'm just going to throw this out there right now. I would not be surprised in the least to see or hear rumors around week seven that uh, such and such has reached out to Tom Brady and he's mulling coming back. I just wouldn't be surprised. I just want to say that. He'd be a free agent. They could just sign him. Right. I'm saying. I'm saying. I, I would mean, per- it. Go on. We've we seen it with MJ before. And uh, mm-hmm. there's anybody who's close to that DNA. It's Tom Brady. He did not look happy. You know, you saw him kind of get whimsical and they start tearing up. And he said, you know, thank you for this ride and stuff. I don't know. I don't think he's accepted at the end either. I just wouldn't be surprised. Just would not be surprised at all if, you know, midseason we hear rumors. But we'll see. Congrats on a career either way, TB12. Um, I personally think that I would be shocked, honestly, if he came back. Uh, this is what he had set out to do his entire time. I think last year, the retirement, I mean, obviously seeing how things were going on and along, I honestly, obviously, we don't ever, we won't really know until it's fully said. But almost felt like he retired, tried to to repair a marriage that was already kind of so far gone. And when the marriage was like presumably over, I mean, obviously we didn't get, but like in that sense, like when they knew they were not going back, he went back to what he knew and what he loved, which is clearly football. And so when you go. When you're going through a tough time, you're going to go to your escape. And this year, throughout the entire year, he never looked happy. It was like the first year you really saw Tom not look happy. He played mm-hmm. until 45. He kind of set out and did like all of his goals. Obviously, he still wanted to win the championship every year, but he did win one with another team. So I think I personally think this is his last season. I do think he will stay retired. But obviously, I mean, you'll hear rumblings like you heard rumblings about Gronk this year coming back at some point in way, shape, or form. So you'll hear it anytime, say, the for someone for the 49ers or the dog Tua goes down if he starts next year. You'll hear rumblings, but I don't think he will come back. I'd be surprised if he did personally. I mean, I agree. I think at this point, if he comes back, he's just like talking himself into like a boy who cried wolf situation. Yeah. Where... Every time he says, I'm retiring, we would have no idea. Nobody would believe him. They'd be like, all right, see you week eight, Tom. That's kind of of what happened with Brett Favre back in the day when he kind of had this willy won't he kind of thing for a few summers. You know, starting like when he got traded to the Jets, I believe. I think there was retirement before that. He had some of the Packers and then he went to the Jets and then he went to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, so it was like two or three straight summers of, you know, what the fuck's going on here kind of thing. Uh, Brady, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, I don't know if that, I don't know what the details are with what happened last year. I think it's more so Tom Brady's competitive and didn't want to walk away last year, maybe more than his marriage. Because if his marriage was on the rocks, it was on the rocks, you know, far before January, February. Mm-hmm. But. You know. Yeah, I mean, you always go, like, in a relationship, you're always going to try those lasting efforts. And obviously his playing football was a part of an issue. I mean, obviously we never know, and we won't know unless it was, like, fully spoken upon. But for me, that was something that I thought about is that the fact that he retired to try as a lasting effort to repair his marriage. And then once he realized it wasn't going to be able to be repaired at all, he thought about coming and he came back. 
But that's just obviously a theory. So, but that's just my theory. And uh, either way, I mean, he'll be in the booth next year. I mean, he's got that deal with Fox. Um, I'm not sure who has the Super Bowl this year. Anyone know? Uh, I think it's ESPN. They have the first one in the first year of eligibility. Deadass. I believe. Oh, I believe so. Because normally, what they do is like. Obviously, you have Fox, CBS, and ESPN. So, fo- whatever two aren't doing the Super Bowl will do the uh, conference championship games. And we had uh, CBS and we had Fox. So, I want to say Fox, it's They always do the conference championship because it's usually NBC. NBC's got it this year. It used to be NBC, Fox, CBS rotated. Now they added the ESPN. Oh, rotation. yeah. I forgot there's NBC. So, I'm sorry. I've, yeah. Yeah, NBC's got it this year. So. I was going to say, if it was Fox, we get Tom Brady this Sunday, but I guess not. Um, who had it last year? doesn't matter right now, but, yeah, Tom Brady will be on a Super Bowl very soon. I'm interested to see how that goes. But, I mean, let's say let's say Mac Jones goes down, like, week six, week seven. You know Bob Kraft's going to call in to his boys. So, I just would not be surprised to hear rumblings, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got that itch. We'll see. We'll see. We definitely will see. Um, so is there anything else, Kyle, that you wanted to say about this game? Or sorry, say about Tom, or did you want to get back to the game? Uh, no, I mean, uh, there's pl- I mean, we talk about Tom Brady damn near every week out here. Anyway, we bring up Tom Brady memory, it seems like. So uh, we can get back to these championship games. All right. Um, so I kind of gave my thoughts already on the game. Uh, I felt that the Eagles played well. Their defense looked stout for sure even the 49ers defense for a while looked very good they just got to a point where their offense couldn't do enough so their defense got winded and tired but I think the Philly defense definitely showed up and showed out I think the offense honestly wasn't as even great as it could have been it wasn't hitting on all cylinders they ran well within the red zone but otherwise they kind of just took what they were given my personal I opinion. think Philly's I think Philly's defense was gonna play like that against Brock Purdy too. I think they're just unreal. No, they're definitely I was gonna say they just get to the quarterback so well. It really um kinda looking forward a little bit to the Chiefs game. That the, the offensive line I mean, it's really gonna be a trench battle of the trenches. Like it always is for everything really, but more so you have one of the best offensive lines, especially pass blocking in the league with the Chiefs, and then you got the best uh, front four in the league, sack wise with the Eagles. But uh, Kyle, do you have anything about the Eagles game that stuck out to you? Stuck out to you at all? I mean, yeah, I would say the main thing that stuck out to me was, you know, obviously the Purdy injury. I mean that, I mean that was pretty much the entire. Not the entire story. I mean, the matchup was the two best teams in the NFC this season. Like, literally, and, like, no matter the seeding, I think those two were the best two teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the story everyone was looking for was, you know, can Purdy come through against the best defense, the best team in the NFC? And we didn't get to see that because he got injured on his very first drop back, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you know, the game was – effectively over after that we never got to see uh you know because i don't think i think uh the niners go down that bad with purdy absolutely not you know the game plan is completely different 
I mean, we sing Kyle Shanahan's praises on here about his offensive play calling. Uh, they would have figured it out. I mean, I thought their defense held up pretty good. I don't think Philly played particularly particularly great. I think they more so took advantage of the situation at hand, you know? Um, so, yeah, it was a disappointing game. I was actually on my way home watching this game or, you know, kind of listening to this game via Hulu on my phone. And uh, I got home. I want to say like 10 minutes left in the third quarter. And I think at that point it was 21-7, about to be 28-7. So this shit was basically over. But they they put up a fight even with Josh Johnson. Uh, you know, McCaffrey got that touchdown, which is one of the best touchdowns of the year. And then they get the ball back at 14-7. You can make a case that they should have just, you know, went to the half with 14-7, you know, maybe took a kneel and just played it safe. Uh, the play right before Josh Johnson – Fumbled the ball right before the half. He makes a nice uh, first down throw, I believe, to Debo Samuel. And it looked like they had some rhythm. And then the very next play, he takes his eye off the snap. Boom, boom, boom. And it's 21-7 going into the half before you can even blink. That was the game. So, that was the game. So, yeah, I'm just disappointed it wasn't a better game. I think that was the matchup I was looking forward to most out of the whole entire postseason. Uh, but, hey. The Niners will be back. They should be back. I mean, you know, not to mention TB12 again, but, you know, that's a destination y'all threw out for them. And I thought it became increasingly more possible after Purdy got injured. And, you know, now Tom Brady retires. Uh, Purdy looks like he'll be back right around training camp. So, and you already had Trey Lance out with an injury. So, I mean, you, and I'm Jimmy very, G out with an injury, but he's probably out the door anyway. And Jimmy G, and who knows? Like now, it might not even. Jimmy G might be back now. Like it's very hard. You can you can tell me any of those those three at quarterback. I believe it. I would not be surprised to see James G back at all. I would not be surprised to see Purdy taking starting reps, or if they went to Trey Lance and you know gave him the starting job back. I believe any one of the three. So uh, yeah, more just more quarterback intrigue at the Niners came out of this game for me because yeah I think Philly was gonna look good regardless or they were gonna put up an effort regardless but you know you take the Niners quarterback away what do you have you know so that was my takeaway and then like I said more intrigue going into the offseason at quarterback for the Niners yeah 100 percent um It'll be interesting to see who is starting for them because I know they there's something I saw today. The report um, Bleacher Report had said that they expect Jimmy G to be gone this off season. I mean, obviously we never know because we expect him to be gone last off season and he ended up being back. So we really don't know. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Draft time will tell us a little bit just to see where teams move, see where they can get better, get worse, or to get better where some teams get worse. But uh, Timmy, did you have any other lasting thoughts on the game at all? Um, kind of. I mean, Kyle had said that he didn't. I don't remember the words you used here, but you said you didn't necessarily see like an amazing game out of Philly offensively. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't think I didn't see anything special. I didn't think Hertz was particularly great. You know what I mean? I thought. I mean, Philly plays it safe once they're up 10, 12 anyway. You know what I mean? Once they get to that 10 range, they're going to run the ball. They're going to give Hurts uh, simple reads. So I didn't think I saw anything crazy out of them. Aside from that, I believe it was the fourth and three with that Devontae Smith catch. 
And of course, it was a non-catch it ended up being. But yeah, I don't think they played particularly spectacular. You know, it was 38-7, but I mean, we've seen better performances out of them this year. You know what I mean? I think potentially we've definitely seen better better games from them. Um, I definitely don't want to like discredit the Eagles. They definitely played an amazing offensive game. They had more offensive drives because obviously they're playing against backups that pretty much just go four and out. But yeah. they ran willingly against a team that's very good against the run. And it seemed that they passed pretty successfully against one of the best pass defenses in the league. I think they played a great offensive game. Um, I think Sirianni makes a case for why he should be coach of the year. Um, I, I thought it was a good game for Philly. I think it was a really bad game, both offensively and defensively for the 49ers. But it is hard to say defensively just because they were on the field most of the game. So, Yeah, and that's that's my takeaway really is – yeah, all all credit to Philly, first of all. They did they did what they came to do. They won. And like you said, they ran the ball effectively as they do. Um, but I I do think if Purdy's in there and they put together a few drives, even if it's resulting in field goals, you know, if they got their defense on the side of the field, I mean we talked about all year how the Niners might have had the best defense in the league. And they really did. I mean, they they put up a good fight in that first half. They really mm-hmm. did before things got out of hand. And uh you know, they shot themselves in the foot with penalties. Let's not get it twisted there. The Niners did themselves no favors with penalties. And, uh, you know, their composure kind of left, too, in the second half especially. But, you know, you put Purdy in. Maybe, you know, as your prediction was last week, maybe it still is a two-score game. But, man, it's a completely different game. I don't see 38-7. I don't see any of that. But, yeah, no, let's not get it twisted. The Eagles are going to be tough to be on any Sunday, right? Just just like the Niners. But, you know, again, take Purdy out the equation. You're talking about Josh Johnson or Kyle Juszczyk or Christian McCaffrey, a quarterback. Uh, you know, the game's out the window. I think if Brock Purdy was in and he was healthy, mm-hmm. I think my prediction was very sound, 27-16, because – the Eagles were getting after the quarterback. I think they had like a 60% pressure rate in this game. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change with Brock Purdy in. They're still going to get there. True. Um, and I think even if the 49ers were to make a few more successful drives, their field goal drives, they might have scored another touchdown. But, um, but I, could, I could also make the argument that the Eagles and their D-line are fresher because of you know, the length of time they're on the on the sideline, uh, you know, the Eagles being able to run the ball the way they do. And, you know, not over an 18-game season. I'm not, I'm talking particularly this game, you know. But, hey, that's the name of the game. That's that's football. It's all situational. And uh, the Eagles made the most of their situation because guess what? If they lose that game, we're sitting here talking about how garbage they are and how fraudulent they are if they lose that game to goddamn Josh Johnson. So, uh, I'm mostly just disappointed it was a bad game, but hey, I, I believe both. Uh, certainly, the Eagles will be back, but I definitely believe the Niners won't drop off. You know, they'll have somebody at QB. They'll have all their skill position players. Uh, that defense might even get better in the draft. Who knows? So yeah, QB's the only question we got for them. Yeah, you got any uh, uh, I don't want. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're good, Tim. 
Okay, I didn't want to like get off topic, but you had just said how you thought the 49ers would be be back. I kind of think the opposite for the 49ers. I think next year is not necessarily a disappointing season, but the standard that they've lived up to these last few years, I think they will disappoint people. I think their defense will get worse next year. Um, I mean, they just lost their defensive coordinator for the second year in a row. Um, they have a couple key pieces in that secondary that probably won't be back next year. Um, I could see it being still a very good defense, but I think there's a couple aspects to it that could definitely see some negative regression here. Um, and then obviously the quarterback is a big issue. Um, yeah. I personally, I could see them totally winning like 10 games next year, but that's like a disappointment for the last, like how many 13 win seasons they've had. Yeah. They've they made the, they have a lot of, they have some unrestricted free agents that are kind of big. Mike McGlinchey, our offensive tackle. He's mm-hmm. one of the best in the league. Key pieces. Uh, yeah. Obviously Jimmy G, but we'll see there. I'm going through it right now. Jason Verrett, uh, they have a couple restricted free agents as well. It'll be an off. The 49ers are now in a. I'm going to use a, a cross sport so I can think of it. Like the Warriors in 2017, the Heat in 2013, uh, those kind of those kind of teams to where they have to go find veterans who are willing to take less money to go play a role for them. Because they have sure. such high end, uh, they have such a high end payroll with Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo, uh, Debo Nick Bosa, who's going to be getting Trent Williams. So they've got, yeah. um, so they've got such a high payroll up top that they're going to have to find those nice veterans who can come in one year deal, like how Indomitian Sue, um, Indomitian Sue, uh, and yeah. I'm saying Indomitian Sue for the Eagles came in one year deal, nicer. Jason Pierre-Paul, how he's kind of filtered in. So they, I doesn't say, but John Lynch has done a great job. They've been one of the best organizations, especially over the last decade. So they'll probably figure it out. I don't, I don't see 13 wins next year, but they'll. I definitely see them being a playoff team because the the oh, yeah. NFC is weaker. But I mean, we never know what teams are going to pop up. You usually have one or two surprise teams, and then. The uh, for sure teams, like I think the Eagles are here to stay. You've got mm-hmm. uh, the Eagles are here to stay. There has to be someone in the N- the a- NFC South. And then you've got the Packers are still interesting. The Lions are come up and coming. Uh, the N- NFC East was the best division in that conference this year. So the Seattle Seahawks, obviously, they have picks. Plus, they also have a solid roster. So it'll be interesting next year. But my lasting thoughts on the game were that uh, it was Philly, because you guys were talking about, Timmy said that Philly's offense played very well. Kyle said that Philly's offense was a little, like, could have done a little more. I thought they could have done more. It's more so that, I mean, they're playing with good field position, running Running the ball is their strength. Like they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, they did what they had. They did what they had to do. I yeah, I agree with that. It wasn't like it wasn't like they were oh seven Patriots out there. Like they they had short fields. They played against goddamn Josh Johnson and Brock Purdy who couldn't throw. And you know, the score should have been thirty eight seven if that's your situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Philly was far and away the best team 
in uh, the NFC this year, you know, as far as stats goes, you know, rushing the ball. Getting, and as you guys said, getting to the quarterback. I mean, that game went as it should if that starting QB's out, you know, and no no formidable backup. Had they had Jimmy G, like we, we thought they would by this time, um, you know, maybe things go a little differently, I would think, you know. But, yeah, no, I mean, again, I don't want to take anything away from Philly. I just think they did what they were supposed to do. They To but, me, they played – honestly, they played solid offensively. De- defensively is where they – they were lights out. Offensively, I mean, they ran for a little under four yards a carry. They had four rushing touchdowns. They ran super well when they got into the red zone. And then, obviously, the last couple drives of the game was kind of where the 49ers have just been gassed. But throughout the game, I felt like the 49ers actually played a pretty good defensive game. The score won't show. I mean, they allowed 21 in the first half, but one of them was a super short field after that pick. Or after the turnover right before the half, and it, the Eagles. But I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They won very convincingly. The second Brock Purdy came out, they did exactly what they were supposed to do, and it was to blow them out, and that's what they did. So all the credit in the world to the Eagles. They deserve to be there. They've been the best team in the NFC all year long. It's been them and the 49ers, and they won the game. So. Kudos to them. And moving to the other side, the game that I was most excited for, and it lived up, uh, KC versus Cincinnati, 23-20. KC wins. Harrison Butker, 45-yard field goal after the roughing the or the unnecessary roughness call that gave the Chiefs all the field position they needed. They might have gotten there anyway. They had eight seconds with no timeouts left, but... We don't know, but they got there. And what do you guys think about that game? I'm kind of disappointed. I'm disappointed with the refs in this game, to be honest with you. But I mean, this is that's that's definitely happened plenty of times before, where the refs kind of decide the game. The second, um, the first, the third, nine thing happened. I was like, this is going to make this a great game. Yep. I feel like there's never mm-hmm. a great game without like a little bit of ref controversy. Um, I mean, it's obviously sometimes just there, like, but yeah. They were also just, like, missing a lot of holding calls. Like, on that scramble play where he got the unsportsmanlike conduct, there were three blatant holds right next to Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't see any of them. And that's just, like, kind of sad to see, like, I don't know. They were calling those for the against the Bengals all game, but they won't call them when they need them. And then people argue, like, you shouldn't throw a flag on that roughing the passer or unsportsmanlike because, like, you shouldn't let a penalty decide the game. You got to throw like, a flag. But, like, they should have – you have to throw a flag. You can't not throw a flag. I don't like that argument because, like, you gotta what, you're just a not going to – That's ridiculous you're just if not you don't throw one. Ref the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to present that argument right now. Glad you sure. said that. Uh, I was – when I saw that flag be thrown, I was, I was not happy because – Okay, like, yeah, if that's week eight and that same play happens, sure, maybe you make that call, all right? But let's use common sense here if you're a ref. Uh, Aside, he's heading for the sideline going full force on Pat Mahomes, right? He's trying to hustle to the sideline as linebackers do. Uh, Let's say he puts his hands up and doesn't even touch Mahomes. He still makes contact with him. So what are you supposed to do as a defender there? All right, you're already – 
in that in between range of if Butker can make that kick. Uh, well, they weren't pretty much. What's up? Well, they I guess they kind of were. It would have been a fifty-five yard kick. That's a big kick, right? If you have if you want a kicker that's not Justin Tucker, him or Graham Gano is going to be who you want. Right. It's, yeah. it, it's an in between fifty-five. If you're a good kicker, you can make it, but it's no give. Uh, as soon as they made that call, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to make that field goal. You know, it was a pretty, what was it, a 42-yard field goal? 45, um, I, I believe. Look, if that was a situation, was it Fred Warner in the game before where Hurts was all the way out of bounds and he gave him a two-handed shove in the back? Sure, if that happens, absolutely make that call. Or even if Mahomes has three feet out of bounds, if he's taking his third step out of bounds, sure, make that call. But he just barely put his second foot out of bounds. And besides just hustling at the sideline, doing his job, you know what I mean? He wasn't, I mean, if there's people piling on him for making a dumb penalty, I I can't do that because what, I think any linebacker would have done the same thing in that situation. He was already trying to make a play on Mahomes as Mahomes is going out of bounds. Like to me, like Kim said, the refing wasn't great. That's incompetent refing right there. A good ref lets it play out, you know, because you do not want a championship game decided by a call. And that's exactly what happened. You don't, uh, yeah. but that was better, a penalty. Better of the law, is that the penalty? Sure, but, I mean, there's got to be some common sense there. He just barely put his second foot down. That's a bang-bang play. It's a bang-bang play. You can't just I'm, – I'm not okay with a championship game being decided like that. That's just me. Um, it's not preferred for me, but that was so blatant. I to me, I can't see how you don't call it. They I were, disagree with. If it was so blatant, it, I mean, the call came in about eight seconds later. They seemed undecided about it. Yeah, it did. It did take a while for them to throw the flag. I think it's because they didn't but want I would to. Say, but it's not because I don't yeah. think they. I just think they didn't want, but they knew they had to. That was a Mahomes had already given up himself. He had already gotten the first down. He was. Honestly, out of bounds. If I feel like if he would have ran into him without the hands, he would have been fine. They probably would have held the flag because of the fact that you have forward momentum. But once you push him, I I can't blame I can't blame him for the call. I'm I'm actually watching the video because the way I saw it was it was blatant, and now watching the video, it is very blatant. He's running beside him. He is about to step out of bounds himself before he pushes Patrick Mahomes. Like, this is a very blatant push after he's out of bounds kind of deal. So I I do blame this guy. I don't think – I think he made a boneheaded decision there. But, my, but my I also market. don't think that you only blame the game specifically no. on that. Like, he – like, obviously – Obviously, there was a lot of different things. Like Joe Burrow had one where he got clearly pushed down. That could have been um, yeah, roughing. I was gonna say yeah, that was roughing the passer. Obviously, the whole third and nine thing that was weird. It ended up working out fine because they didn't score on that possession. So like, right. I'm glad they didn't because that would have been even worse. But there was a lot of little things that could have went on in this game that refing wise was here or there, but. And uh, the Chiefs, also, um, the Chiefs did play a harder game. Like the Chiefs yeah. did everything that they should have to deserve to win that game. So I'm not. I don't think like the wrong team won. I think the Bengals. You get if you have a case, but at the same time, they had opportunities and they didn't come through. So 
I think more power to the Chiefs. Uh, I want to calm down on the Mahomes as a GOAT conversation now. I want him to at least play like eight years in the league before we can say that. I don't know how. I know <laughs> Kyle probably feels the same way. I don't know how Tim feels, but I'd he's like saying that he's saying that he's the GOAT. It, I mean, there as national media is having this conversation pretty much like, how yeah, like where does he rank all time already? Because you know how the national media goes in those tangents. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's like uh, some will say like he's like in a couple lists. I think uh, I know first things first that they did a list and they had him like fifth and fourth all time. Uh, one was had De- Tom Brady, Manning, Peyton Manning, obviously, uh, Montana and Elway ahead of him. And then one had Tom Brady, Manning and uh, Montana ahead. So, like, and I know people, I know Colin Coward said something as well, I think, on ESPN. They talked about, like, where he ranks all time already as well because people love to just jump on that even though he hasn't even had the greatest. He had one, he didn't win the Super Bowl yet. So we don't even know if that happens. He could go one and two in the Super Bowl in this stretch. And two, he didn't. He hasn't had the five, the greatest five-year stretch as a quarterback. Like, that's Tom from 2014 to 18. But, yeah, I don't I don't want to get into it more anymore than yeah. we already did. I'm with it and say, uh, let's save all the Mahomes arguments for, you know, when he retires. But, I mean, yeah, that's what media does. They push, push narratives just, that – it's the same thing as LeBron after his first ring against OKC. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, I just got to say, I mean, I'm watching. I'm replaying it again. I Is it blatant? Sure. Yeah, maybe the contact is blatant on this uh, on the Mahomes scramble. But, man, he was going for him before he even stepped out of bounds. He didn't wait till he was out of bounds. So I'm still, yeah, by the letter of the law, that's that's the call you make. But. I don't know. I dislike that call. I disliked it when I saw it, and as I'm watching it, my my opinion remains the same. He's he's trying to make a football play. He really is. And uh, I think I think there's been plays in the past that are similar to that where a good ref swallows his whistle. And uh, you know, as Tim said, they were just incompetent that entire fourth quarter with that third and nine replaying the down, calling plays off. Uh, you know, you can't have that in a championship game. And it also leads to, and this is what I hate. You hate the the Mahomes goat talk. This is what I hate after every single big playoff game, is people who want to say the NFL's rigged, this and that. <laughs> uh, it's Camden, ridiculous. What's up, buddy? If if the NFL was rigged, <laughs> listen, it would be the Cowboys versus the Steelers, Patriots, or Raiders every year, and then the Niners in the NFC spot. Like it would be every legacy team you could imagine. The Giants, like. KC and them, they would never win it. You know what I mean? The Bengals would never be in it if the NFL was rigged, if that was the case. Because uh, the best thing for the NFL would be to have literally Cowboys and Steelers and Cowboys and Raiders or, you know, now Cowboys and Patriots after the run they had in the 20s and 2000s and 2010s. Uh, that would be the matchup you'd make every year if the NFL was rigged. So, yeah, I just hate that shit because the refs are bad. Which is unfortunate because I think they're much better than the NBA refs. You'll you'll get to hear me go off about NBA refs here for the coming weeks. But it's been uh it's been a questionable playoffs for them, especially in the championship round. And I hope I hope the Super Bowl is much better, especially if it's a tight game, because there's no need for it. There really isn't. 
Yeah, I was that. I hate when games come somehow come down to the refs. I don't feel, I don't feel a hundred percent that this one did, because honest, because I mean, obviously for you, you feel more so it did than I do because you feel that last call may have not should have been called for me. That should have a hundred percent. I'm fine with hundred percent with that being called. Bang bang play. It is a bang bang I'd, play, but I mean I those bang they, bang plays. If you're gonna call that in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, I have to call that in the fourth. I I disagree with that. I don't think good refs do, and good refs let the athletes on the field decide the game. Yeah, I I agree on plays that are about fifty fifty, but that that's called a hundred percent of the time, always. Unless but, you're Joe Burrow, I don't think I don't think a competent crew makes that call. I really don't. I truly don't. What I watch, I hundred percent do personally. I do not. I do not. We've seen we've seen calls like that not be made. We've seen calls like that where we think the quarterback should have been or, yeah, the quarterback got pushed out of bounds and should have got a call where he doesn't get a call. You know, if they got that second foot just out of bounds and someone's making a play. I mean, so I don't know. There's, and not to mention, like Tim said, there's holding on that play too. Penalties could have offset. They could have done. Exactly. Not- That's what I was going to say was there should have just been offsetting penalties on this play. I guess I'm different because this is a call that I – can't stand in general i see it so many times during the year where a quarterback is heading out of bounds and they make that call and if it's a running back they they aren't as lenient you know what i mean yeah i mean they're protecting Uh, the quarterback because no you're right about it in the fundamental principle like they call the game completely different from the quarterback than they do to everybody else but my point is they call it for the quarterback different all year long so i don't stop see why you would stop now that's just. I would just think they would call that any other time in the game. So I would. You've got to call it, in my opinion. I disagree with that. I mean, you know, I'm switching sports here, but in the NBA we see it all the time where officiating is completely different from your post. That's true. Your regular. I think the NBA back. has a bigger problem with their refs than the NFL does, but the NFL definitely has a problem with their refs. In general, I'd say the NBA has softer refs, but I will say their officiating tightens up. In the postseason. Um, but, I mean, this is the problem year in and year out with the NFL. I mean, we've seen it with the Rams and the Saints with that blatant offense or uh, defense pass interference. Like, this isn't new. Uh, and, again, my particular gripe is more so with the one step out of bounds, rough and uh, unsportsmanlike conduct call. Because, again, I just don't agree with that. We see it, like I said prior, we see it with running backs all the time where they don't call it. They'll call it in a second on a quarterback when, I mean, shit, they say as soon as you leave the pocket, as soon as you leave the line of scrimmage, you're a ball carrier now. You're not a quarterback. Uh, If it's a slide, that's one thing, but I just don't agree with it. Clearly, none of us agree. I'm not trying to make y'all agree, but, you know, that's my point here is I just hate it being decided that way. Uh, My takeaway, though, from this game, honestly, and uh, I told Tim this because I saw him saw him the Monday after and I really didn't get like I was here for the whole game I was watching the whole game but I didn't really get to settle in and watch it till about eight minutes left you know and uh my takeaway was Tony Romo he the honeymoon phase has long been over for him people loved him when he came out yeah uh you go on Twitter Every fan base hates him, and he. I, I don't like Tony. I've never liked him, to be honest, as an analyst. 
I'll say this. He's he's gotten increasingly annoying. I will say that. Like his and I guess it's to be expected because he is a former quarterback. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But his love for Josh Allen, Mahomes I get because it's Mahomes, right? But this guy loves him some Josh Allen, right? He called him Mr. <laughs> January earlier in the playoffs, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, what's that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean, right? So he has a love affair for Josh Allen, for Mahomes, for all these good quarterbacks, Brady, everyone. He'll, he'll, he'll lush over them, which I get. Again, he's a former QB. He understands it way more than any of us do, right? Yeah. So I agree and more annoying and he is like less bearable to listen to than, you know, four or five years ago whenever he first came in as a commentator. That being said, when there's a big game, he is the best color guy to have uh, over any of the other guys. And I think Aikman's gotten better. I think Collinsworth is good. Like for the most part, I like every uh, major broadcasting team, but for a big game, Romo sets the tone. He really does. His excitement sets the tone. He can paint you a picture of, you know, what the offensive team is looking at, what the defense should do. You get analysis from him that you don't really get or maybe a point of view that you don't really get from the other guys. So I do appreciate Roman in that regard, but I do agree with uh, a lot of the national sentiment that this guy is kind of getting annoying here. Uh, this guy says Jim more than anybody I've ever heard. He will he will. <laughs> end, he'll end or any of his like big calls with you know okay jim da 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 jim like everything's jim and he's overly excited and he's overly nice to the quarterbacks but you know truly in a big game there's no other color guy you'd want he does paint a picture he gives it a big game feel and he does give you great analysis but i see why people are annoyed with him for sure he honestly Personally, does not but oh, sorry go on sorry go on tim you're good he also oh one yeah. last thing he compared yeah. Pat Mahomes to Michael Jordan. Like he gave Pat Mahomes two different Jordan comparisons in 30 seconds. He compared his ankle game to the flu game. Then he also compared uh, the Burrow talk to uh, MJ versus Drexler. I thought that was interesting. I thought that funny. one actually I liked. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was very interesting. Not that I mean we don't know where things are gonna go, but I actually thought that was very interesting. When I watch Romo. The whole color, like the painting a picture thing you're talking about, I'm honestly like not a fan of that. Mainly because, like, as somebody who's played football, when I watch the game, I have an idea of what the play is going to be. And Tony just says it out loud. That's like all he does. Like, I remember specifically, he was commentating, I think it was a Raiders Chiefs game. And the Raiders lined up with two tight ends on the right side, like eight linemen on the line, pretty much. And he's like, Watch this, Jim. They're going to run it right to the right, right here. And then guess what? They ran it to the right. No shit, Tony. Of course they're running it to the right. They've got everybody in the zip code on that line. Like, this happens all the time. Like, he he paints a picture. To me, it's, like, clear. Like, yeah, obviously they're going to do that. But to, like, the average football fan, maybe they don't understand. Uh, if they, Especially if they haven't, like, played or, like, been a part of the offense. Um, that just gets like boring to me when he like says what's going to happen when it's like a pretty obvious play. There are times that it's not an obvious play and he's like, this is what they should do. And then they do do it. But, I guess I, I mean, know, more, my take. I guess I mean more cause he does predict the play. Like, so but it was chiefs Pats years back. He like predicted 
every play or what what Brady was going to do if the Chiefs did this, right? If the Chiefs take away this, he's going to go to Edelman here, which is that's fantastic analysis because that you don't get. You really don't get that from any of the other guys. Uh, and he kind of did the same thing here. I believe it was when Burrow had the ball with two minutes left. And he was really doing it on both ends where he was saying, all right, this is what the Bengals are going to try to do or the Chiefs. This is what they're going to try to do. And if you're the defense, this is what you want to take away. That's very good analysis you don't get anywhere else. You don't get Collinsworth doing that. You don't get Aikman doing that. Uh, I believe it's Greg Olson on the Fox number one team. Maybe we'll see if Brady brings that next year. I'm very intrigued. But you don't get that from anywhere else. I uh, think but this is what's in the defense's head here. Here's what the coordinators – you know what I mean? You don't get that from anywhere else. So I, I think that's good analysis. I get what you're saying, though, with, like, the obvious play call. Sure, that would get annoying. But – as far as in a big game and uh, two minutes left in the AFC Championship, here's what the Chiefs want to do. Here's what the Bengals want to do. I'm going to lay it out for you. That's that's top-notch analysis that you can't really get anywhere else in many other sports, honestly. Um, so that's credit him. Personally, um, I've grown because I've watched being in Florida. I'm watching Red Zone and then obviously watching the games. I've heard a lot of Fox so I've heard a lot of Greg Olson. I actually, I think people don't really like him, probably just maybe voice-wise. I actually think he does a very good job breaking down the game. I think him and Mark Schlereth yeah, are two, him and Mark Schlereth are two people who do an excellent job at breaking down the game. I do agree Funny. with Kyle, though. I have zero problem with Romo. I may be like, I have zero problem with Romo. I have zero problem with Chris Collinsworth. I know a lot of people have problems with Chris Collinsworth as well. Um, but I have zero problems with either one of them. I understand how he kind of gets annoying, but I guess for me, a lot of the time, it can be just in one ear, out the other. Like a lot of people will get upset about it, but I just will breeze it on because if I think the comment's not right, true, whatever, I just let it go for the most part because it just doesn't bother me. But well, I think um, we let it think it's like noticeable when like, like if he's calling Josh Allen Mr. January, it's like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? It's not necessarily that it bothers me or Tim. It's more so like... Well, I don't mean by bother. I didn't mean like it. Like you want to go home and like turn off the game for it. I mean, I guess I just don't even... I am I care more about the game, so I'm more paying attention to that. Sometimes I honestly watch the game with no sound. Um, it's kind of like... I kind of began to do that for basketball and stuff because I'll be either watching it in a room where someone else has something on or whatnot, whatever. But I've begun to watch it without sound. I kind of like to have my own mental analysis as the game goes on. But regardless, I understand why people can get annoyed at Tony. I don't. I think he does a pretty good job. And as Kyle said, the one thing I do like is he does give that big game feel. So when I get Jim Nance and Tony, I get that. I felt like an AFC championship game. With the 49ers and uh, Eagles... With Greg Olson, like that team, it just didn't feel like a championship game. Like it, like obviously, like the game, the magnitude of it was great, but like listening to it, it didn't give me a championship game feel to it. I don't know. It's the same thing when I in the NBA when I listen to Mike Breen. Whenever Mike Breen's on with Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy, or even Doris Burke, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a champ. That that's that feel. Or when Kevin Harlan's there, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a that's a playoff feel to it. That's a big game feel to it. So I did, I do like personally. I agree with you about Olsen because I think he's done good since he started his tenure as a broadcaster. Like he even started when he was a 
as a player, he started filling in. He's he gives very good analysis. Yeah. Uh, hey, I agree with you though. When I was on my way home driving, listening to the game, I'm like, that's the first time it really stuck out to me. I'm like, damn, this doesn't seem like a like a combo you'd have for an NFC Championship game. Granted, that'll feel different down the road when they get their reps in more. And you know, who knows? Maybe we feel different if that's a closer game. Maybe maybe it would have brought out the best in them. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's unfair. It's unfair. But like, even I'm just thinking, now, even like the Mike Breen blowouts. Like I'm just there's been plenty of games where I've heard like them in blowouts. Like even the week before with like Bills Bengals. Like I still felt like a big game, regardless of that game being in the Bengals' hands the entire time. I don't know. So that was that's more so. That's more so the. Uh, intensity in the building like you could feel you could feel how tense buffalo was with those two teams uh i think the air kind of went out of the building with uh the purdy injury but no yeah i mean look like i said romo's still the guy he's great i can't wait to hear him in the uh in the super bowl in the future but no he just i think with me the only thing that annoys me is he just gets like little kid excited with quarterbacks now and he always did but now it's like he refuses to say a bad thing about him whereas Aikman Aikman's gonna tell you if a quarterback makes a shitty decision Romo's not doing that as much but again I think everywhere else Romo is top-notch you know yeah he might have to lay off he might have to lay off the gyms though I mean he says like I said he he (laughs) has about 96 gyms per minute um same with Shannon Skip if you ever watch that but What's up? I said, uh, if you ever watch for uh, Undisputed, Shannon says skip like maybe thirty-five skip. times. Skip, skip, yeah, skip, like in just completely different like tones. But it's just he says skip all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a few other things that stuck out to me before I let y'all ride. I'm sorry, I'm taking a lot of a lot of mic time here, but um, I thought it was interesting how Mahomes and Kelsey, especially Mahomes. In his uh, in the post game celebration after, Mahomes acknowledged the whole Burrowhead thing. I did not. You don't usually see a quarterback do that. I mean, it's one thing for Kelsey to be like, "Hey, shut your mouth about Burrowhead, this and that," um, but for Mahomes to do it, I thought that was very interesting. You don't usually see players, even though you know there is a such thing as bulletin board material. You don't often see players acknowledge it after a game of that magnitude. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, Kelsey was crying after the game, after they made that field goal. You obviously had a sigh crying. Like the emotion of championship games and, you know, postseason games in general across all sports is crazy. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, I got a few more thoughts, but let y'all rock because I got, I got more. Tim, what was your thoughts on Mayor main points on the game? Uh, I think we mainly said them. Officiating needs to be a little bit better. Um, Personally, I think either team goes to the Super Bowl, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. I would have rather seen the Bengals go. Um, But, I mean, we saw them last year, so, I mean, it's not that that big of a deal that they didn't make it. Um, Yeah. Okay. um, Big Super Bowl out of this. So, that doesn't say for me personally, I had a few takeaways. I thought – uh, Burrow made one true mistake to me. That second, that I not say that second pick, felt like a long punt. Obviously, I um he didn't uh, on the replays. It didn't look like he really had anyone, so he was taking a shot. Ball hit, 
made a good play on it, and it was kind of just like a long punt, but that first pick was definitely a mistake. I still think he played a pretty solid game. It wasn't anything crazy, but it wasn't anything bad. Mahomes played a very good game. Um, His ankle was what I thought it was going to be, and then when he hurt his ankle, he obviously became a much slower. Um, It came slower, but early on, his ankle was pretty much what I thought it would be, but Really, my highlight of the game was Chris Jones and Frank Clark in that front for the uh, Chiefs. Chris Jones, before this, had not had any playoff sacks, and he was an absolute game wrecker. Like, that, like if I have a game ball, it's going to Mahomes and him. He was great. Frank Clark is doing what he does and just getting playoff sacks. I think he's third all-time right now behind Bruce Smith and Willie McGinnis, I want to say, are the other two. But that the front four of the Chiefs definitely is what stood out to me. They were giving Burrow problems all day long. And he almost overcame it like he did all last year pretty much until the Super Bowl. But that was a really good game. I was well fought. It's going to be a game that we're going to see, maybe not in the conference championship every year because the AFC, I feel like it's going to be ever-changing coming over in the next few years with so many quarterbacks being there that are good. But... It's definitely going to be something we see in every year on them. It's going to be a marquee matchup that we're ready to watch every year during the regular season, at least, too. I agree. I think both these teams are playoff teams pretty much for the next handful of years. Yeah, and Kyle, what else did you have for uh, your thoughts? I was more just miscellaneous thoughts, like, like how much, like Kelsey was like loving the AFC title trophy, which is good as he should. But it it reminded me because I seen this clip going around, uh, and I kind of vaguely remember when it happened. Of I don't remember if it was that Chiefs game, but it was one of the AFC titles we won, mm-hmm. Patriot, and uh, they handed it to Kraft, who handed it to Belichick, who had it for about a second. <laughs> crap. Like they literally treated it like it was like a piece of meat. Oh, and I was, yeah, another one. And I was like, oh man, those were the days. Like we didn't only only the rings matter. We don't care about the AFC titles over here. But yeah, I was gonna say you know, this one. I I'm sorry, go on. I feel like I'm No, nah, I'm just saying. Obviously, like Kelsey, I mean, he should be happy. You know what I mean? It's a big deal to get the Super Bowl, but it just brought back nostalgia of like, you know. We're going to be in the AFC title game, and it only matters if we finish the job. Fuck if we lose, fuck if we win. You know what I mean? So that's all. I just thought I just thought the difference in the two was uh, was visible. That's all. Yeah. What were you saying, Tim? Tim, were you saying anything at all? No. Okay. I'll shut up. I think Tim and Chan did Yeah. Um, so essentially... I would say what I was thinking about that was this one. I feel like the Patriots played the villain the entire like run of them pretty much. I mean, obviously, like early on, they were the underdogs who beat the Rams and then they won again and won again. Then Spygate and then from pretty much from Spygate on, they were just villains. Like we, we were just the evil empire that just reigned over everybody. So... Every time they won, it was expected, especially in New England. It was just like Bill Belichick would not allow you to really celebrate. Andy Reid's definitely not that kind of stickler. And this is like the first time the Chiefs were truly questioned. 
I feel. Like obviously the Patriots were there, but then obviously Tom left and then they kinda of, they had their run and they were not really questioned in the AFC. Then last year they lost, but it wasn't like it wasn't real until they lost again in the regular season, then people started to question them. So I think this one kind of as like in a weird way, kind of like our 2016 championship against the Falcons when Robert Kraft was like, this is the unequivocally the sweetest. Like for their championship burst, it was like this one's great because they had the doubt. They had the people kind of talking about it. You hear the other players talking. They couldn't say anything back to them, and they finally got that. So I think that's where you get the Travis Kelsey emotion from. But it is you're, it is right that it's like they're celebrating an AFC championship like this, and – we had nine of I mean, them. It was more <laughs> to the point how funny the clip was of. No, I under, I don't understand what you're saying. But I mean, yeah, no more power to them to celebrate. I mean, you see most teams do that, but that's more so the point of it. They'd been to what, literally ten straight over that decade, or nine straight, or whatever they went it was. To eight so. straight and like like ten out of like tw- like eleven or twelve or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'll have to find that clip to send it to you. But uh, and then the other thing that stuck out to me, and this was via commercial. I mean, if you guys saw this, you guys will know the answer. But you know, I didn't know this prior. But let me ask y'all: Do you, you guys know who's hosting the NFL Honors this year? No. Tim, do you know? No idea. Nope. I'm gonna give you guys each three guesses, okay? Like a like as like a host, like the person talking. Yep. Yep. The host. Nobody looked this up either. I no, um, I honestly don't even know who to guess. Like, do like, they give this it, to coaches, or is this like supposed to be celebrities or something? I mean, usually they try to get a celebrity to host it. Like, uh, I think, like when the NBA did this, I think Kevin Hart hosted it one year, and I think Peyton Manning hosted this one year for the NFL honors, actually. Um, but I couldn't tell you other ones. Maybe even no, nah, that would. I was Rock? gonna say. Chris Rock, that's your guess? That's one guess? Yeah. It is not Chris Rock, but you guys have five combined guesses left, though. Five Good combined guesses. guesses. All right, Keenan. We got this. All right. Two I more. Got, I got zero guesses. I have no idea at all. I'm going to just throw uh, out. Uh... Is he white? <laughs> this person might be white. He can, we can narrow it down. Okay. Adam Sandler. That's a good. That's also a good guess. Uh, no, it's right. not. Dang it. David Spade. We should have named the whole cast. Of- I guess in their cast now. Uh, Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, is he related to sports at all, or is this just some kind of random that he's doing it? I can't give you hints, but I mean that would make that would make sense. That would make sense. I'll say that. Like it's like I said, they had Manning host this before. Is it Dwayne the Rock Johnson? No, he's white. That is oh, great. That's a great take, take that guess away because he's not white. <laughs> All right, so it's got to be a white person. Uh, when you I'm, said he was white, <laughs> did you not? Is, is that either one of your guesses? Because that's a great guess. That's the best guess we've had so far. Well, I mean, he is very involved in the NFL. Like, he's got the whole XFL, and they're like partnering in the NFL. And now he's got, he did the, the Super Bowl intro. Last year. Right, so in theory, it should be someone like The Rock, but it's not. It's not The Rock. It's not Chris Rock. Uh, it's not Adam Sandler. Uh, a few more guesses for y'all. 
I have zero idea, but um, so uh, was it, is it Gronk? That's a great guess. That is a great guess. That, that is, is a good guess. That is not the host, though. So each of you have one more guess. Man, I have no idea. You have uh, everyone at your. Tim, you got one more? Just give me something random. Who's that, who's that guy? Uh, he's a golfer, but he looks like he's fat. He smokes like three packs of Marlboro Reds a day, and he drinks like beer nonstop. What's that guy's name? I think it's John yeah. Daly. Yes, John Daly. That's my guess. That's a very random guess. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's not John Daly. Yeah, who you got? Um... I really don't know. Um, <laughs> there's no, there's not a million dollars in the no, line. No, I know. I'm just like, I'm trying. I don't want to just say like pink. Like that's just stupid. Like I want to <laughs> actually try to guess it. So I'm trying to think. Um, I'm gonna go with someone super random. Charles Barkley. That is another great guess. You're incorrect. Let me say this. All right, the guesses of the Rock Gronk, who I think Gronk would be a terrible host because I just think. Kind of overrated, but as far as a personality, that's neither here nor there. But Dwayne Johnson, that was a great guest. Gronk was a great guest. Charles Barkley was a great guest. That would be an amazing host, I think. Um, Keenan, I was about to say that uh, Tim's last guest, John Daly, which is completely random. I was going to say that was the closest thing just off sheer randomness. But then, Keenan, you quipped. Listen to this, Keenan. <laughs> You said, oh, I don't want to guess someone random like Pink like that. Pink would have been by far the closest person because Kelly Clarkson's the host of the NFL Honors. Oh Waiting God. all day for Sunday night. <laughs> that's Carrie I Underwood. Like, that's Carrie that's Underwood. Carrie Underwood though. I know, it's Carrie Underwood. <laughs> I'm over here talking like I'm a uh, country aficionado, but I, I saw that on commercial. I'm like, no, there's no fucking way she's the host. <laughs> like... Not nah, Kelly Clarkson, host of that. I'm like, what connection does Kelly Clarkson have to football at all? I could not believe it. I had to rewind the commercial. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's no way Kelly Clarkson, and sure enough. So, Keenan, had you said pink, you would have been extremely close because Kelly Clarkson is the host. Oh, man, I should I don't. I oh, should have like, thought of Carrie Underwood. She, she would have made sense, but one of her American Idol buddies. Yeah, literally none of those would have made sense because – why the hell is Kelly Clark? Well, like, what's Kelly Clarkson got to do with the NFL? I guess she's a, a top host now, but I thought that was very funny. No, I almost just... said Dolly Parton as a joke, and that would have been like mad close. So that's great. Right? Shit, <laughs> Dolly Parton should host. She would be she'd be a great host. The NFL. <laughs> Dolly would do a great job. Shouts to Dolly Parton. Shout out to Dolly, who I think I've met one time in my life. You think you've met her? I honestly, I want to say that I was with Dad one time and we met and we talked to Dolly Parton. I really do. I'm gonna, huh. I'm gonna have to confirm this. It was one of the times I, it was him and I, and I went to Tennessee and I believe we're out. She was outside with him smoking a cigarette. I really want to believe that that was Dolly Parton. It was someone of a famous ilk, and I really want to say it was Dolly Parton. Interesting. Random fun fact. 
Oh man, but yeah, uh, I have nothing else. On the, I have nothing else on the game. Uh, <laughs> get back to that. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's gonna be a good Super Bowl. We'll probably obviously talk about that more next week in kind of our Super Bowl preview. First ever black quarterbacks going head to head, which is a dope, cool feat. Uh, happy Black History Month to everybody out there as well. Um, do you guys have any more lasting thoughts before we move on to whatever else? Yeah, we should have actually had Tim on mute since it's Black History Month. Tim should have been just like... I'm standing here with my fist up for the, the Black Lives Matter fist. <laughs> oh, thank I got you. you really, I really appreciate that. <laughs> the whole call, I've been like that. Black power. <laughs> your, your arm's just very tired. Black power. Black power. Oh, um, Wakanda forever. But... Not forever. Uh, yeah, shouts to my homes, especially... Uh, Light skin delegation. I mean, like I said, we we took over the 2010s. Light skins really did. Drake, Steph Curry. Uh, if they're the presidents, if they're co-president, like Mahomes is creeping up. If Mahomes is <laughs> like almost president now, so yeah. Shouts to light skins. We winning. <laughs> we winning. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, anything else from you guys? Anything we're feeling? Anything off the chest that you want to get, Kyle? How do you feel about, like, the NBA? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Keenan. So, Saturday was terrible, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get there might be There might be a podcast about my birthday weekend. Friday was great. My birthday was Sunday itself. So, Saturday was, like, going to be the bigger celebration. Uh, didn't turn out great. And that hurt, especially because I could have just went to Celtics-Lakers. Right? Like, I thought about it, but I was like, eh. I just, you know, didn't feel like going. That's fair. Ended up being, ended up being a crazy game. Ended up being a, a great game. Uh, ended up being mired in controversy because LeBron definitely got hit on uh, on that layup that would have put them up, right? Because then that forced them into OT. I want to get my details correct yes. here. It was 105-105, um, I believe. But the main part of all this uh lebron's reaction to not getting that call you would have swore to god his kids were like kidnapped um you would have swore <laughs> that the NBA <laughs> six or seven uh you would have swore there was like an attack on a player on the court from a from a, a rogue fan or some shit like i couldn't believe his like and all the memes are deserving I could not believe his reaction when I first saw that. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like, Bron, like, that was acting at its top tier. Like, that was complete acting. I mean, we've seen we've seen LeBron with uh, the whole J.R. Smith situation. He didn't even react like that then. He had a big reaction, but he did not. This guy was crawling all over the floor, <laughs> covering his face. Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved I'm it. I'm pretty sure he fell down to the ground, like, three times. Right, got like, up and then fell back down. Like, what are you doing? Oh no! Come on! Like, it was it was actually crazy to watch. That. Really, I didn't understand. It was top notch acting, and he was yeah. even by his bench. He was like, he had his hands over his head, like he was almost <laughs> in like defensive stance position, crouched, like just making different body postures. Like LeBron was, I don't know. This guy watched like going. Nobody else on the court for the Lakers was like freaking out he was the only one going out everybody was just like okay lebron what are you doing 
This guy watched J.R. Smith not put up a layup at the end of a game to go to overtime on what would have been arguably his best game ever, and he was not that irate. (laughs) At least he didn't physically show he was that irate. I've literally never seen LeBron that upset. For the people who say that LeBron cries over calls, that is their perfect headline for it. He definitely de- he definitely deserved to complain because he did get hit. And honestly, mm-hmm. on those 50-50 ones, as we were just talking about, we won't, don't want the refs to decide the game. But when they're blatant, you or need shit to call about 50. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying – I'm just saying that when they're blatant, you need to call them in those one of those times. And LeBron is a – like even like in Mahomes in this case too, their superstars are going to tend to get those calls or they should tend to get those calls. So – yeah, no, he definitely should have gotten that call. Yeah, superb acting. He would have, he would have had, he would have had grounds to. Uh, oh, that's an award. Up. That's an award for him for sure. I think that's a new movie deal, Space Jam Three. It should be. It should be something. Um, shit. At this point, Space Jam Three might be goddamn Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they go the football route. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know, LeBron. I just I saw that and I was like, "There's no way he's serious." Like he he took a knee and like put his fist up to his head, like he was trying to collect himself. I'm like, "There's no fucking way, Browns do." I, I wish I was at that game just for that, just for that. That would have been incredible. Yeah, seeing that live, Kyle, you you really missed out. LeBron really knows how to, and he I think at one point he even glanced up at the jumbotron, like making sure the camera was on him. LeBron will never stop LeBroning, and this Ooh. sounds like hate, but. Look, I'm truly going to miss LeBron when he eventually does depart from the league. But, man, he definitely knows where the cameras are. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't I wouldn't say. Uh, otherwise, NBA, um, did you feel that anyone got snubbed as a starter? As for the All-Star game? I remember seeing the starters and believing someone did, but I really can't remember because I, I glanced at it. Uh, uh, I'll let you, I'll read the starters off right now. So for the West, it is Steph Curry, Luka, LeBron, Jokic, and Zion. Yeah, Zion shouldn't have been in there. That's the one. That's I, the one who shouldn't I don't been. think Zion. I think you could have had a case that Sabonis deserved it over him. And uh, I think Zion may have missed too many games, and I do think Sabonis is having a very good year. I also think, or Laurie Markkinen, one of those two. I do also think that possibly, I mean, I think Steph's fine to be a starter, but you could have argued Ja and you could have argued Shea. Yeah. I mean, if they're going positionless, you definitely could have put John Morant. John Morant certainly deserving. Like, if we're just going off player for player, not position, then yeah, it should definitely. Oh, be John. I was gonna say Zion's definitely out of there for one of those two. I said, but I was gonna say even just position wise, I think you could argue them over Steph. And uh, yeah, Zion is like you said, he didn't play enough games, but I think that was really my only qualm out of either conference. And then the East, just to run through them real quick, it was Durant, Tatum, uh, Giannis, Kyrie, and Donovan Mitchell. Not seeing Embiid as a starter is a little interesting, but like 
one of the four had to go. So it's very, very difficult. Because it either had to be Durant, Giannis, Tatum, or Embiid for your front court. One of them had to go. So you maybe could argue Durant because he's just injured. He's probably, I mean, Embiid will probably start because Durant probably won't play in it. But he should be back. Durant should be back by next week. Okay, so then Uh, uh, it's tough. If if we're using the same rationale as I used with Javin, Embiid should be there for either one of Kyrie or Donovan Mitchell. It's hard to say because I think they're, they're both deserving at the guard spots. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, if you're, yeah, but they deserve it over. I certainly think Durant deserves it uh, with the stretch Brooklyn um, before he got injured. Tatum obviously deserves it. And uh, who was the last spot? Uh, last Tatum. Guy? I just mentioned it. Who was the That's other a Giannis. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can't. I mean, I guess Giannis would have an argument, or Embiid would have an y- argument over Giannis with uh, the games played, probably. But, yeah, Embiid does deserve to be in the starting lineup. I would have to replace him with either Kyrie or Mitchell. But, yeah, that one's hard. That yeah, one's it's hard. very hard. Very difficult but, there. I didn't have a problem, really. Like uh, You had things that you could have switched, but there wasn't any glaring ones where I'm like, oh, my God, how is he a starter? I think I probably would have had either Sabonis or... I think I probably would have had Sabonis over Zion, and then possibly Giannis. I'm not Giannis Embiid over. It would have been probably the argument would have been Durant, but again, I'm fine with both of them being in. More so, yeah, Zion I would have taken out. Tim, any final thoughts? Doesn't have to be NBA related. Anything. Um. Actually, I did have one lingering thought. So. During the, they did an analysis on the uh, 49ers Eagles game. And I don't know which team, not team, but like group, LaShawn McCoy is an analyst for uh, or a commentator. So it, it goes um, like Undisputed, uh, The Herd, First Things First, and Speak. It's with Joy Taylor, Emmanuel Acho, and one other, as John Hellman <clears throat> or something like that. They had they were talking about that game and he had made a comment that no 49ers quarterback wanted to play football was his comment. Brock Purdy tore his UCL. Like you that's the only thing you can't really tear to play football at the quarterback position is like something in your elbow or maybe your shoulder, right? Yeah. And then Johnson got a concussion and he got forcefully taken out of this game like upstairs called him out it wasn't like a he decided to go out of this game i didn't understand the comment i thought it was just kind of like that's a fa- fairly ridiculous comment by him to me yeah. you know yeah like what do you what do you want them to do you want brock Purdy to just like suck it up and walk it off and then like but he destroy did. his arm yeah he <laughs> did in the end yeah yeah no like you said he literally I mean, a UCL injury in baseball is Tommy John surgery, and you're out for damn near two years. Uh, mm-hmm. Football, it's a little more manageable, as we've seen with Big Ben and Josh Allen played through it. But, I mean, yeah. He could grip a ball <laughs> comfortably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Curry's going to be out until August. Uh, Josh Allen, I think we'll see, you know, I think we'll see Josh Allen's play raise those first few weeks of the season with a healthy elbow next year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a big difference. That's a serious injury for sure. So yeah, they just be saying whatever on TV, especially on the 
Frank DeBasos. But. Especially it was just weird coming from like LaShawn McCoy. Like sure he kinda played in the era where like they really didn't care about like especially concussions. They didn't care about concussions, you know? Like these last three or four years is when the NFL's really taken those steps to like take people out of games forcefully, not let them like risk it. Um Which I think is good. Yeah, it's definitely good. I mean, obviously, they're humans before they're athletes, so... Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was just a weird take coming from him. I figured he'd be, like, understanding that, like, both of these guys have injuries that need to get them out of the game. Therefore, you shouldn't be like, oh, they just don't want to play. I'm pretty sure they both wanted to play. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure Jimmy G's over there hoping he could have played, but... Well, like, yeah, cool. I mean, that's legitimately, like, why you play the game is to be in those yeah. huge spots. Like, you dream of that as a kid. But, but that was wild. Yeah, um, definitely. Do I, I have a question for both of you? Yeah, what's up? Who do you think, athletes-wise, no coaches here, who do you think this Super Bowl means the most to in terms of, like, legacy? In this, you can name any player on either team. Kelly I Fife. think I have... That's true. This could be huge for her. <laughs> What's your uh... answer? If I had to... Um... I don't, I mean, I don't really know. Who, do, who would you say? Because I have like a few people that are running through my head right now. To me, any player. Yeah, you can any player on either team here. Um, I think. Who does this game matter the most to as far as legacy? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I think it's without a doubt Mahomes because if Mahomes wins it, it puts him in rarefied air because there's not many. I mean, look, Peyton Manning, if he doesn't win that second Super Bowl as a game manager, he ends his career with one. Aaron Rodgers only has one. Uh, Dan Marino has zero. Montana has a few, right? Montana has four, I believe. Yeah, uh, four now. I think he has 11 touchdowns and zero picks in four games. There's other quarterbacks like Elway and Aikman who have who are Hall of Famers, but their stats aren't nearly as great as like a Rodgers. You know what I mean? So they got the multiple mm-hmm. Super Bowls. So Elway went Mahomes to five, did. one, two, and then Aikman went to uh, one, three, I think. Yeah. Right, so if Mahomes, you know, putting up these elite numbers that he has his entire career, gets a second one this early, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's certainly a hell of a boost for his legacy. I mean, it's always going to fall on QBs more than it is anyone else as far as legacy-wise. Like, you know, I don't think we – like, let's say if Kelsey has a bad game, but they still win, you know, does that really affect his legacy? Not really, you know what I mean? Uh, and if you included coaches, I'd say Andy Reid as well. Or even, you can convince me of Sirianni. But I think it's big for both Andy, even though you said excluding coaches. But I think it's big for both Andy Reid and Mahomes. But Mahomes is the most. If you, exclude, if you didn't exclude coaches for me, it would have been Andy Reid. Because I think that would have... Yeah, I think I think I definitely would have said the same thing. Andy Reid, he wins the Super Bowl here against his former team. He had two very successful stints. With both of these teams, he pushes himself at definitely top 10 all-time coaches. And I think, arguably, you could argue right around five. Hey, I mean, uh, it's hard. I, if, he, if he wins this, it's going to be hard to argue four ahead of him. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, Andy Reid, probably already a top eight coach. I mean, I think he's in the top top five in wins. He's He was uber successful in Philly before he came to KC's. This is happening with Mahomes. But, uh, this is his fourth Super Bowl appearance. Three with the Chiefs. One yeah, I was going to say his fourth Eagles. Super Bowl appearance. He's been to... Nine and or nine championship games. So who are you saying? Because you said excluding coaches. So who do y'all think? So, so legacy wise, I think it is Patrick Mahomes, just because like he's getting off to like one of the most insane starts to a career, right? Yeah. Um, putting him on the path towards being the goat. Um, I think you can't call him a goat yet. Obviously, we want to wait till the end of his career, or at least when he surpasses Tom in like most of these stats but um i think if you're not talking about like legacy and you're just talking about who does this game mean the most to i think it's jalen hurts completely honest um this this he's already secured a bag but this game could really secure a bag for him um it's also just like a great story like benched in college doubted had to transfer still doubted second round pick sat behind Wentz when he did get the starting job he was doubted nobody thought he could be a takes an incredible step this year brings his team all the way I wouldn't say it's all on him I think this is a very very good team but I think this would mean a lot to him if he won this um I think you could argue both though for sure but legacy wise I think it's Patrick I just think this is a huge game for Jalen Hurts and I think it would be a really good story to see them win it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's definitely that's definitely one of them. Uh, so, obviously, your quarterbacks are gonna be. I'm trying to think outside of quarterbacks, um, because your quarterbacks are gonna be the two most legacy defined players in pretty much ninety five percent of Super Bowls. Sometimes you have like. Last Super Bowl is Aaron Donald because of how I mean obviously Matt Stafford it was huge for him too, but Aaron Donald was the one thing he was missing from his one of the greatest defensive players of all time resume was that Super Bowl. Um, people who are not quarterback wise, I think it'd be big for Travis Kelsey. Another one that'd be interesting for I know we don't really talk about offensive linemen, but Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. I think yeah. Jason Kelsey is obviously on a hall of. He's pretty much going to be a hall of famer, and he's been working towards being one of the greatest centers ever. So this would definitely help him. Another mm-hmm. another guy is Darius Slay. He is a one time All Pro. I'm looking at now. He's five Pro Bowls. I don't know if they've announced any All-Pros for this year yet, but he's definitely got a chance there. With a Super Bowl in a few other years, he could be trying to... Obviously, I can't project going forward, but we don't know what his Hall of Fame case could be. So, like, I think Darius Slay could be another... could be a big thing for him, and then another one for Chris Jones if he shows out in this game as well. Chris Chris Jones is a good call. I think... Let me get back to you. Somebody say something. A Fletcher Cox. I couldn't think of his first name. <laughs> All he thought was, was Cox. Cox. <laughs> I was just like, Cox, which one is it? God damn it. Because there's been a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was a part of the Eagles back when they made their 20, 
17 run or whatever. So no I think it would be big for him to get a second one. We um, don't talk about him. Very, very talented football player. And he's been a part of, like, like Philadelphia has been, I'm pretty sure, a top five pass rush team for the last, like, eight years straight. They're always good at getting to the quarterback. Not yeah. necessarily just pass rush, but just sacks, pressures. They're always way up there. And he's a big reason why that team's been so good. They there. have the exact same formula that they did on their other championship team. Number one team, they went through. I mean, obviously, the only thing different is they didn't have a different quarterback. But like, which is why this team's a little bit better than that team. They had a bunch mm-hmm. of people out there D line that they could just rotate and get con- constant pressure on the quarterback and have those people fresh. Which is why. Whatever, not gonna talk about it. But um, and then they had a they had a very good run game, and then they're able to get the ball down the field. That was an Alshon Jeffrey was actually a cool human being playing football. Uh, so that team, the teams uh, mirror each other. The one difference that makes this team more more special to me, in my opinion, is Jalen Hurt in that added running ability from the quarterback. Because obviously Carson we went. Yeah, Carson Wentz was on MVP territory for like I was say if he doesn't get injured, he probably kind of oddly like it was this year. Like if Jalen Hurts doesn't get injured and they go like say sixteen and one, he probably sneaks out with the MVP. But he didn't, and then Mahomes came in. Same thing with Brady; he didn't, and Brady came in got that MVP. So it actually would really be a weird uh, coincidence if Jalen Hurts won the Super Bowl. But yeah, yeah, I feel. I mean, a couple. Just a couple of responses to each of what you guys said. Uh, it does mirror the prior Philly Super Bowl team. Aside from stylistically, this is more of a power run team. Yeah, and that team, that team was definitely more spread the field. Mm-hmm. Defensively, the same though. For sure, yeah. Physical pass rushing, explosives, you know, everywhere else. Uh, and then, as far as legacy goes, like. Super Bowls, unless it's like a, a team that's like completely geared around, you know, said running back or said receiver, I really think Super Bowls really only affect QBs and coaches as far as legacy goes. Like, that's fair. You take someone like Champ Bailey, you know, a Super Bowl title doesn't really make or break his career. You know what I mean? So, like, it matters with someone like Eli or Matt Stafford, where they're like, ask. Matt Stafford's pretty borderline. Like, he had elite seasons and had nothing to show for it in the postseason and never consistently elite. You know what I mean? Either pretty good or elite kind of thing. And Eli, I mean, I've talked about Eli here. He's had a few Pro Bowl seasons, never an all-pro in those two Super Bowl runs. And very, very Jameis Winston-esque where it's like a good season here, not the greatest season here. You know what I mean? Had, as I've said, like, had he just gone to like three more Pro Bowls, three or four more Pro Bowls, or had Pro Bowl S seasons after that second ring, Eli probably blocks it in the Hall of Fame. Maybe not first ballot, but he's like for sure a Hall of Fame guy. But you know, Eli's got one of the weirder careers we'll see. Or like someone like Big Ben. He's someone who's probably all around not a Hall of Famer, but ended up accumulating stats. And on top of that, got those rings early in his career, uh, with the second one being right, right dead smack in the middle. But you know, after that ring, I had it, let's say he retired after that ring. Is he a Hall of Famer? Then probably not. He kept up the consistency, really upped his uh, his passing skills. They turned into a spread offense, and 
know, Ben Roethlisberger definitely will be a first ballot Hall of Famer most likely. So, yeah, I think it's more of a QB thing than it is for other position players as far as like line, defensive linemen, uh, you know, people in the secondary, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes retires now. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay, just making sure. If they win this one, yeah, for sure. Um, I think you could definitely argue the case without it. Okay, uh, I'm just I'm just making sure he's a Hall of Famer to me. But yeah, um, Mahomes. If Mahomes for some reason had to end his career before next week and he could not participate in the Super Bowl. Certainly at a holiday. Which would be the gorest thing of all. That'd be so terrible for the entire world. (laughs) He couldn't participate in the Super Bowl. It would have to be something like life threatening or career threatening for him to have to go down. Oh man, if he couldn't participate in the Super Bowl. If that were to happen, or if he, like, they lose next week and he, for some reason, retired after win or lose, yeah, Mahomes is still a Hall of Famer. What's he got, six years in? Uh, five years in, five AFC championship games. There'll be two MVPs, one Super Bowl, three Super Bowl appearances. If that ain't, if that's not a Hall of Fame five years, I don't know what is. So yeah, he's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can he, argue it's the best five year stretch ever, but it's not. So I'm, I'm actually interested to see what Tom Brady's stats in a five year span is compared to him in his best five year span. So I'm doing, I'm been adding and doing stuff now. Crunching numbers. I, I that's just, this is just the fun things that like really enjoy me is to compare. To, like to compare best years because I feel if he wins this, it's going to be a conversation of is this the greatest five year run in the history of the uh, and the NFL for a quarterback, and then I want to know that my answer is completely no with facts. And uh, yeah, that's a very very arbitrary argument people are gonna have for uh, the sake of TV, but yeah, no, Mahomes is great. And oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, shit. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna discuss QB go conversation right now. But I mean, you know, there was a time when Rodgers had a had a claim at it or Manning. But yeah, no, Mahomes has got a long, 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 long way to go. But he's on a he's on the proper trajectory you'd need, which is a very specific traje- trajectory you would need to begin with. You know, so same yeah. as I don't. I mean, same is kind of there. Same as Giannis if we're going sports-wise. Yeah. Or even, like, if you take up, like, Russell Wilson very much, I think I've said this before, he very much started his career a lot like Tom Brady, where he wasn't the focal point, but he was the leader and was getting into the postseason. And, uh, you know, he made those two Super Bowls. They made it to some championship games. And he had the stats back it up. Uh, You know, once they got further into his career, he started accelerating as a quarterback, and that's the stats to back it up now. Uh, by the way, Sean Payton to the Broncos to be with Russ, that's going to be very interesting. All they gave up for those two. So, yeah, very excited already. Thank you. What's up? The Broncos have traded three first-round picks and three second-round picks and three NFL players for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Yeah, they mortgage a lot. They mortgage a lot. They mortgage the future. We'll see if this Russell age. Wilson deal could go down as one of the worst ever if he plays yeah. continues to play like he did last year. I'm not saying it will, and I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying the first year does not look good 
at all. Nope. <laughs> it doesn't, but he also had, uh, you know, the equivalent of Matt Patricia at coach. I mean, Hackett got fired before the, the full 18. So I think we got to give, much like we gave Trevor Lawrence a pass last year for having Urban Meyer, Russell Wilson, I believe, deserves a pass this year for having uh, Nathaniel Hackett as his coach. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I hope so. I I hope this is the Russell Wilson we saw this year is not what we're gonna see moving forward. Both on and off the field, to be honest. Like he could, I hope he returns to to let Russ cook numbers, and I hope he returns to never saying a word to the press ever again, because he's the most cringy person in the world. He needs to stop. The idea that he was doing high high knees <laughs> up and down a plane, I would I would have punched him. Like Russell, it was I'm a trying plane to sleep. Overseas too. It was to <laughs> the Europe game. They're all on there for like fifteen hours and he's just like Oh, guys, I got this. Running <laughs> no, up guys, got to do these high knees. And then... Uh, you guys want me to play or not? And it's honestly like, yeah. no. And then the please, hype no. videos, his hype videos for um, coming out Probably of... I would say his hype videos for um, his coming back from his thumb. He was in, like, the gym 24-7. And I was like, oh, God, can we just Or, like, it? it's funny. It's funny when he was, uh, he was doing his pregame without a ball yeah you remember that yes <laughs> that was just oh man he no he really so russell wilson's like he's cool and all but he sucks at the same time so <laughs> i just i can't i can't with this guy this guy sucks oh. but you know i hope he's i hope he becomes a better football player because it is better for the league when he's playing cool Listen, I'm not going to say anything about no Russell Wilson for two reasons. <clears throat> One, his wife is Sierra. Sierra. Uh, well, I can't say shit about is automatic. And two, I can't sit here and talk about Russ doing no corny shit because, well, our former QB, Tom Brady, retired just in time for uh, him to push this 80 for Brady movie, if y'all have seen that. So or the previews for that or anything. So, yeah, if Tom Brady's got and starring in a movie called 80 for Brady, I can't really say shit about Russ's pregame uh, hype videos or whatever because Brady been pretty cr- cringe on social media and especially with his 80 for Brady movie. I don't oh, know absolutely. That, that... I, I agree with that. Like, I agree. Tom Brady is a very cringy guy. It's, I, I, it's just he's – the goat. That's really what it comes down to. Is that he's just the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Y'all got anything else? No, I'm I'm good. I got a I got I like, a funny stat real quick. Ooh, Takes like, two seconds. I like funny things. Um, the Arizona Cardinals won one home game this year. Both the Chiefs and the Eagles played the Cardinals at home. So whoever wins this game will have won more games in their stadium this year than the home team. That's funny. That is hilarious. That that is hilarious. 
That's such, that's just bad. That's such a bad. That's such a bad stat. <laughs> what about the Niners and the NFC West earlier? They two teams they probably won't. I mean, I'm not going to write the Rams off now, but they certainly will not have to worry about the Cardinals, and it will be an uphill battle for the Rams next year. But we'll see. And uh, the Hawks pose a threat. But just to go back to that, you can cross one team off right there. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that they only got one home win and whatever Super Bowl winning team will have one, one more home game than them in their own stadium. So that's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. I'm tapping out. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tapping out of this podcast right now. Okay. I will talk about next week. Sounds, sounds good to me. Sounds yeah, we'll more more music and NBA next week. Tim, you're welcome back on if you want to come on next week. Sure. Uh, yeah. Postseason I'm- guest. We got the postseason football guy. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So this was the Warner Brothers Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers Podcast. We are out.